Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, and welcome to the School for Dumb Women's sexiest bonus episode yet. In episode 34, we invited comedian and performer Helen Duff to the studio to tell us all about what on earth this thing called sex is and how to do it. And if that episode was all a bit Fifty Shades for you, think of this episode as the no-holds-barred, behind-the-scenes version of Fifty Shades Freed. In other words, here's our full chat with Helen. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm loving that introduction that I've come to explain sex. Although I did ask an audience at a comedy gig that I did on Friday at the Volks Festival. I was in a bookshop underground, underneath the bookshop, very intimate, 40 people, semi-naked, covered in day-glow paint, because I'd <laughs> asked them all to draw. I had a sheet up in front of me and um, I asked two audience members who were like artsy self-professed artsy uh, to come and illustrate me with different pleasure points that people in the audience suggested uh, and different kind of um, things that they might label those points or reasons why they might touch them or so I had this huge clitoris drawn on one thigh <laughs> <laughs> it was great I haven't really introduced myself there I did that because I'd asked the question what is sex of the audience and they laughed initially because it was such a ridiculous ask and then um Nobody, nobody would proffer an answer because somebody eventually said, well, it, it's about procreation. And so then we all, God. We, were all like, <laughs> we were all virgins then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then someone else said it requires penetration. And somebody who was married with two children and um, very much loves her wife suggested that definitely wasn't the case. Um, and we eventually got to a definition that was like genitals naked near each other. <laughs> and I was like, well, in that case, I've had sex with every woman in the Hampstead Heath ladies pond changing room. <laughs> so it was really <laughs> tricky. And it's because I'm interested, I'm making a new comedy show, and I'm really interested in exploring non-penetrative sex and why, in terms of language, it's so difficult to talk about everything else that's not penetration in a way that seems to be like inferior like yeah, the language we have yeah the language we have is so designed to make it appear like everything else is foreplay or the run-up or extra or because you can't have sex sex yeah which in my opinion anyway is really doing a disservice to the electric experience you can get just from 
someone having a good go on your earlobe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which is yeah. obviously, it's language that's quite unfair to um, not only like lesbian couples, but people who can't have penetrative sex exactly. or whatever, for whatever, yeah. you know, any kind of reason. Um, so what, what have you stumbled upon a concrete definition that you're happy with that isn't having sex with every lady in the changing rooms <laughs> at Hampton Heath Just being naked near them. <laughs> I think it's definitely the dictionary doesn't come up with one it's really heteronormative Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I'll find out as I make this show and see more audiences and ask more questions Mm -hmm. I am hopefully going to be part of the opening up conversation about sex being more than just P and V and I know that seems like surely we're past that but the way our society is structured still really makes that the kind of end game it's so true because even if my friends pull somebody now or, you know, they're dating someone and they see, yeah. you know, and I say, you know, how did the date go? Did you sleep with them? And they'll go, oh, no, everything else but, but we didn't have sex. Oh, but, God. I, mean, you I are, remember that from you school, know, the are, everything but girls. Yeah. There were a whole clique in our school. Yeah, that they would yeah. do everything but with people they didn't even know, but they wouldn't fuck them because that's being a skank. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. Like, my friend used to give blowjobs to everyone. And then, like, she'd be like, oh, well, I didn't sleep with him. And I'd be like, it's really strange how that is sort of the be-all and end-all. It's also wild, like, the simulation of sex is so exciting, the grinding, the, like, dry, dry humping, humping. etc. is often, for me, there's huge amounts of sensation in the lead-up because my imagination is going wild. And then when the clothes actually come off, it suddenly is, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my journey to this point has been completely wild. Yes. I was never able to even talk about sex, let alone make a comedy show about it. And then, I decided to dress as a sperm. Yes, talk us through that because there are lots of pictures of you online dressed as a sperm that I need some context for. I bet the listeners as well were not expecting that to be the end of that sentence and then I decided to dress as a sperm. And basically the reason for it was that my fear that my partner wouldn't come because I wasn't coming had come to become such a barrier against me ever coming that I just decided to become cum. <laughs> That's the joke I used to make in the, in the show, the Very sperm well show. But also I think I just looked really fit as a sperm. <laughs> So it I was quite body con, really, yeah. wasn't it? That sperm outfit. It was like it a very heavy leisure. <laughs> a blue mac in a sack. I've never had to buy much of my costumes. My mum has either made them, she was a textiles teacher before she retired, or I've just made them out of stuff I already had. That mac in a sack I had for like a school trip when I was 15. Amazing. Still getting wear out of it. And um and two pairs of blue tights. And I went blue because it brings up my eyes. But it turns out that when I was in Edinburgh <laughs> flying for that show. I talked to a biologist who said on a microscope, because we can't see the cells unless we dye them, we put this little dye on them to bring out the sperm, (laughs) to will them up (laughs) out of the ether, and it turns them blue. Just the head, not the tail. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Good choice there. I don't even know exactly. what my reaction is to that. <laughs> I thought I was a completely anatomically inaccurate ejaculate, but it turned out, no, bang on. So you had to do quite a lot of research in your journey to becoming a sperm, um, including what, tantric <laughs> stuff? Um, nice. I mean, I got a glimpse of it at your show last night, but I was wondering if you could take us into the the wild research journey that you went on. Yeah, well, it was also really personal. I'm actually quite lazy, I think. When it comes to making content, I just pull from my own life. Mm-hmm. And then it's this weird back and forth cycle where I'll do things that I'm kind of sort of, oh, this would be good for comedy, but I'm also really fascinated yeah. and want to find out. So before I even went to go and see Elaine the Shaman... 
<laughs> Elaine the Shaman. Elaine the Shaman, yeah. real name. Speaks like a Taggart detective, quite intimidating, but lovely. Uh, I'd been to this female ejaculation workshop by accident. I should have known. It was called Sacred Squirting. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And it had a Facebook group, and it was in this warehouse situation up in East London. Of and course it was. Of course it was. I walked in and was like, I wonder what's behind that curtain. It turned out 10 adolescent boys playing Nintendo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we just didn't, we tried to ignore that. What were and you under the impression it was going to be? I thought it was going to be like, um, we all went around a circle and like, I've never had an orgasm, which at that point I hadn't. And sort of started a group WhatsApp chat, walked <gasps> away. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was going to be like low right. level, first time AA. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, hi, yeah. I'm Helen. Yeah. Um, 12 steps. It turned out it was for pros. I was in way out of my depth and potentially Whoa. about to drown in 11 other women's ejaculate. Oh, my God. So what, they were they just openly wanking? I mean, not from the start. <laughs> it was tea. But it did build up to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, did my it actually? God. Yeah, this is the thing. I spent the first hour being like, it's not, we won't, that's not, what? is it? Even though she said, like, there's a hands-on section at the end. Feel free to leave at that point, whatever. But when you're, I'm one of those people who's like, once you're in yeah. and you've paid twenty pounds, twenty pounds, I'll wank in front of anybody. I'm gonna, <laughs> exactly, I'm gonna get my money's worth. And also because by that point I'd built up having an orgasm to be such a huge, huge thing. I felt yeah. like such a failure. I felt so broken. Oh. I was almost at the point. You know how you're saying, oh, your friends like we did everything but have sex. Yeah. I was almost at the point where I was like, have I? I've never had an orgasm. So have I? Have I really had sex? Like, to that yeah, point? Because wow. some that people point. say that as well. Like, yeah. much more rare. But some people are like, oh, well, I didn't come, so... Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it wasn't really worth it. Yeah. And did you find out more on your odyssey about the reasons why women... A lot of women don't orgasm. So many women don't orgasm. It's really frustrating, actually, because when I would do the show and start it by going, I'm dressed like this because I never had an orgasm, shock, horror, people would be so amazed and then afterwards all these people come up to me and be like neither can I I never have it <gasps> takes ages for me I'm like two hours three hours you know wow. all of these revelations but when you're the person on stage everyone kind of as a collective goes like oh, no, 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 I've never heard <laughs> yeah, a mad freak I have always exactly. had completely fulfilling sex <laughs> exactly 100% that and I think often people have that idea when they're with each other like Two people having sex, neither of them really into it or fulfilled, but nobody's saying it because it's kind of this unwritten code that you just have to like yeah. bang a bit and then be done. And yeah. also you when you mean? tell men um, that you haven't come or that um, yes. whatever, they they sort of see you as like a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> oh, exactly. And then, and then you're sort of a bit like, that, you know, I, I appreciate that you're trying to do a good thing, but also I'm now pressured into like there's a coming. lot of pressure <laughs> yeah I also have known women who like when they start a sexual relationship with a man they'll be like just so you know don't want this to be a thing but I don't come so don't try yeah like, yeah because then if it does happen it happens yeah but that's isn't that awful though that you would say that to someone just oh don't try because I think it's one of those things as well that women want to be seen as being very easygoing they're Easy just like going. I'm a cool girl I either come all the time or don't at all so don't try well, <laughs> well exactly yeah like, I, I, just don't make an I don't want to make a fuss uh, don't yeah. make an effort please let's not make this an issue it'll make me more uncomfortable I'd rather not be the problem here all of that stuff can yeah. get into your head yeah. so hard so I completely understand that 
idea of like going in a situation going to be like just cards on the table I'm not going to come so let's concentrate on you well I I took it as the other way which is that the actual ideal is the middle ground because I I have said that to people before about penetrative sex like oh I haven't come from it because my friend went out with a guy for two years and she did obviously at the start she didn't realise it was going to be two years and she faked it quite a lot at the start because she genuinely thought it was going to be yeah. a fling and she and was quite a young. Quick way and, for everyone to feel good. Yeah, and you're when you're a bit younger and stuff, you know, um, you, you're not as you don't own it as much or whatever. And then so then she carried it on so long that he just thought he he made her come every time they had sex and she never came. Like oh. she came from other stuff, but not from penetrative sex. But he thought that she did every time because then if she'd have stopped doing it and then said, by the way, I've. And he, you know, if she stopped, I then he would I can completely have... understand that. Do you know I'm what I mean? So 30. I always think of that. I'm 30 now. I'm only just coming out of that phase yeah. of, like, keeping the other person happy. As yeah. a performer as well, I spend so much of my life trying to, like, get other people off in the sense of making them laugh. Yeah, so yeah. I really enjoy, like, an audience who is having a good time. <laughs> so it's really hard to, like, unprogram myself. And I think women in general are really trained to see themselves from the outside and get off on other people enjoying them so there's a real sense of I had a bit of a crisis at one point where somebody who was really into my body and very uh, complimentary etc was making me feel quite um, like outside of myself because I just I didn't connect to the compliments they were giving me and so the more they kind of like idolised my skin and my figure and all that the more kind of distance I felt I felt like a bit like a piece of meat Oh, wow. And I couldn't really, and it's probably because I didn't, I wasn't really into them either. Oh, okay. So them Mm. giving me compliments was kind of like, but it was an interesting experience of like getting further and further away from yourself. I I kind of, I I recognise that feeling. It's almost that feeling that you're subletting your own body. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're just like, you're the landlord. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, well, drop the keys off when you're done. (laughs) Totally. Especially because of that thing of like, I take ages, that idea, which so many women have said to me. Also, because I'm making a podcast about all Right. And um, so many women said to me as I start the interview, I'm really specific or I'm really particular or I talk, take ages. And I just feel as if, well, of course you are. It's your body, but it's you. You're an individual. Why shouldn't you? But And it probably is. They're actually not that specific. Yes. It's just that we don't talk about it enough for people to realise that some people are like, 10.30am mm, on their clitoris is exactly the point they want touched. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Loads of people. I've had loads of people at 10.30, loads of people who are like 3.30pm. Wait, we're supposed to be... Wanking at work. <laughs> <laughs> if you imagine the clock, like Yes, no, I'm, I'm with you, but I, I, I've like never... Like a watch like, looking up. <laughs> divided my vagina, by my clitoris specifically, by 12 before. And no, but like, do you know, have you got like a little spot that you're like, that's definitely more sensitive pro- than yeah, anywhere probably. else? Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, but I don't think I could point it out on myself. Yeah. It's just like when someone's doing it there, I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's it. That's the bit. You Stay there. The bit. <laughs> if you were like in a stressful situation on a tube and you closed your eyes, could you visualise it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the kind of tantricky type stuff you go do because obviously everyone knows about tantric sex because of Sting. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't know anything else. It's weird, isn't it? Because it's got such a like creepy, spiritual, yeah. touchy feeling. Yeah, kind of yeah. oily. Yeah. It's very much Greasy. man with a ponytail, isn't it? Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. absolutely. Yeah. And like a ponytail, but also like a, a, a bald, bald head. Bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like drinks Buddha sweat and kind of, oh. uh, yeah. yeah, wears hemp. No, I don't think it needs to be like that at all. I totally went into that into that experience with Elaine the Shaman. This is after the sacred squirting where I felt under so much pressure. Did you meet Elaine the Shaman through the sacred squirting? No. That's a sentence you never thought you'd say. I met her, <laughs> exactly. I met her through a woman called Shiny Dancer at Hotmail. I, I won't finish <gasps> what that. Um, but, oh, I shouldn't have said that much. Um, no, I made that up. Anyway, <laughs> she came to see my show in fact, I did a gig at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, dressed as the sperm. Yes. It was a queer night, as I think all their nights are. And she came up to me afterwards and said, I think I know somebody that could help you. I was like, yeah, please. I've had so many fantastic tips from people. It's been amazing. And um, she'd seen her already and was really, it was really helping her because she loved her partner. There's also, I found out, for lesbians, a lot of pressure because there's this sense of especially people who've been with men before and then um, like decide or kind of come out as a lesbian, that then there's this revelatory moment where they have the best sex they've ever had in their life and they discover their body again mm. properly for the first time. So that's quite a kind of big trope of that mm. community, which, as all tropes do can become a massive pressure as well. Yeah. So she was feeling that. She was like, I don't know what's, surely I'm totally broken uh, if I'm not um, getting off on the love of my life, who should know exactly how to work my body because she's a woman. All that kind of should, 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 should. Anyway, so she put me onto Elaine and I went to go and see her and I was quite tense going in because I just didn't know what to expect at all. And the first session we just chatted and talked about Elaine used to be a neuroscientist before she had issues with her back and went into, like, stuff that she'd never considered, like Tantra. She always thought it was kind of hurdy-gurdy, mm -hmm. made up, whatever. Wow. And so we did. We talked loads about neural pathways and the way that the skin can become desensitised because the brain has ways of shutting off certain um, synapses in order to kind of protect you from either past trauma or just like inherited sense of shame or wow. yeah all this stuff all this stuff that I think is kind of inevitable in a society where we are quite 
locked down about intimacy and the impact of touch as opposed to like yeah sex is everywhere we talk about it all the time it's used to sell diet coke to sushi whatever (laughs) but it's it's become this kind of performance of sex I think it's quite brash in your face if you're not having the best sex of your life whatever that is then you must be failing. So it was really interesting to talk to her and to experience with her, like, just kind of touching. I'm doing actions now and I realise you can't hear them. But <laughs> just kind of self-massage, like, not just of your vagina, like, your whole body, like, dance, which was kind of wild because you had to do these homework exercises So you just put on, like, loads of music and shook a lot and it's it felt kind of mad, totally mad. But once you gave yourself into it, then it felt kind of like a real release and I had to like howl at the not at the moon mainly at my flatmates upstairs who were <laughs> absolute cunts I didn't care <laughs> and kind of like she got me to like thrust into a pillow to try and release the pelvis stuff that felt kind of quite overwhelming yeah especially in front of another person because again I felt myself going into this like I want to do it right I want to I want to do it good yeah. for her like performing yeah. for Elaine so, yeah, it just really brought up all of the things I was doing to, like, please other people and not really connecting into myself, being like, does this feel good? What about that? How am I doing? And it was quite hard for me to hear, like, what my body was saying because I hadn't been listening to myself for so long. I'd been just thinking about what other people might want or be thinking or be enjoying. So, yeah, it was quite a long... yeah. Process. Like a lot of things, if you can do something that feels a bit different or mad without the feeling that, that you're doing it like someone's watching, when they're not, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you are on your own and you're like, oh, I feel silly. And it's almost like you're saying it's somebody, but you're not. You're on your own. You're like, oh, what? If someone could see me doing this, they'd be like, what's yeah. going on? It's almost like you're always thinking, what if someone sees me doing this? You know? Yeah. It's kind of similar. This is probably a big segue, but you talked about the fact that you write novels. I would feel similarly. I don't have permission to write a novel. Like, what am I doing? This is absurd. Yeah. I shouldn't be. Yeah. I think it's kind of, there's a lot of things we've inherited in terms of, I shouldn't devote an hour or two hours just to touching myself and like kind of exploring the different sensations, the different ways in which I can like massage my skin the different kinds of touch. Which is mad because you live in your body. You live You in your literally body. live yeah. there. Yeah, I used to make a joke. I used to make a I joke that was like, yeah, yeah, I'm carrying this carcass around for the next however many years. Yeah. It's mine. I own it. Yeah. And then I'd like slap my ass and grab my pussy because, <laughs> and it really outraged audience. Well, it didn't outrage. Audiences were kind of like excited by it because it's like, how often do you see, how often do you hear the president of the United States talking about grabbing people's pussies and yet women are not allowed to do it of themselves. It's like, that. it's mine. I yeah. uh, This is my yeah. property. Why shouldn't I be allowed to touch it? You know? Yeah, oh. there's still like a novelty, I think, if, you, if you're if you talking to male friends and, the, you know, they're like, what were you up to today? And you, and you say, you know, oh, did this, did that. Then I knocked one out and came out. And they're all like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Have you seen Phantom Thread? <laughs> um... Okay, Helen. So this has been mind blowing. Uh, you mentioned that you were doing a podcast on orgasms. Could yes. we hear a quick plug on that? Well, when it goes up, it's not yet edited, but I've, I'm so excited about it. The interviews have been amazing. I interviewed a woman who's like an expert in BDSM the other day, and it was it blew my mind. Wow. Yeah, so much about trust and role play 
incredible. Um, anyway, it's going to go up and it'll be on my website when it does, helenduff.com. That's probably the best place to find out. Yeah. Has it got Fantastic. a funny name? I'm in between all sorts now. Okay, right. Because my it's name is Helen Duff, it's probably going to be something like, go duff yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right, and what, where can we get you on Twitter or Instagram or do you use those things? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Duff Marvel and then Facebook, Helen Duff Comedy and Instagram at Duff Marvel again. All right, fantastic. Can I ask you one tiny question? Yeah. Did you ever pull dressed as a sperm? Oh, so many times. Really? (laughs) Yeah. They love looking at their own calm. It's unreal. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in, Helen. Thank Thank you. Thanks for listening to our bonus episode. We hope you're thoroughly excited about going home, cracking open a bottle of wine, putting on some sexy lingerie, scattering rose petals over the bed, and listening to previous episodes of our podcast. Erratic. Once you've done that, we'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back on Tuesday with another new episode. So until then, goodbye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.